One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Bless you guys. Have a seat. And as you're having a seat, I want to share with you the title of today's message. My message title for today is called Delete That Offense. Come on, say it with me. Delete That Offense. You have to say it together. Y'all didn't say it together. Let's go. Delete That Offense. See, you guys did better that time. It's a serious topic. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it if you don't mind. But here's the truth. Solomon, Solomon actually said it very, very well in the scriptures. He said, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions separate them like bars of a castle. I love that imagery because it is so, so true. Solomon hit the nail on the head. He definitely understood this. See, here's the truth. Offense happens. It does. But it's often over the most ridiculous things. All right. Get your Bibles, Bible apps. Open them up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to hold your place there. I will come back to it. It's going to be a very important part of this message. Uh, but I want to start off by saying this whole thing about offense, really, I, uh, it all started with me right at about 30 years ago. Um. <clears throat> I was 22 years old, and I'd begun serving on the staff of a large church, and, and, uh, and that's when I began to uncover this strange nature of people getting offended. Okay, I, I was walking through the church lobby one day, and, and really today I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story. Is that okay? Because this, this is part of my story, so I, I get to own it. But I was walking through the, uh, the church lobby one day, and, and there was this guy about 45 years old, and, and, and he, ab- he abruptly stormed up to me, and he said, what's the problem? I mean, it's like, I was just trying to serve Jesus. You know, I, I was like, oh, well, well what, what do you mean? And he, he's just like, he had the angry eyes. You know, he conf- confrontation leaned into me. He goes, well, I'm offended at you. Because last Tuesday, uh, I was down at the intersection, and, 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 and you know what happened there. I mean, I was, I was totally confused. It's like, I, I hardly even knew the guy. And, and then I'm thinking, they didn't train me how to deal with this when I was in Bible college, and I paid all these thousands of dollars for nothing. What, what's going on? This is the real deal here, and I can't deal with it. Um, and so I just like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I mean, I said it nice. And, and he, he says, don't act like you don't know. Don't act like you don't know. There's a four-way stop over there. We all have to stop. And you looked right at me on the opposite road, and you turned away. You refused to acknowledge me. I mean, I, I just, I was like, oh, this is weird. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, this happened, guys. This happened. I'm going, oh my goodness, this is weird. I, I, I very kindly said, sir, I didn't see you. He goes, yes, you did. And you preachers, you're all alike. I, I'm, I'm done with this phony church. And he stormed off. I never saw him again. That really happened, my friends. Is that weird? But you know what? You guys have your own weird stories about people getting offended, right? 
I never saw him at the intersection. I promise, I promise, I promise I didn't. I was puzzled. I was stunned. And I had no idea that that was at the beginning of a whole new learning curve for my life. Uh, I, I now know that it comes with the territory because family members get offended with one another. It happens on your job. happens in the community. It uh, happens at church. But uh, it, it happens at church in a unique way because the, the church, according to the scriptures, it, we, we are described as a family. So it's interesting how it, it's kind of accentuated at church. And so, so I began seeing that as a pastor. And I never really dealt with it before. And I discovered then that, that being a pastor, even though I was just 22 years old, that I was perceived as a, as a father figure. And so really if a person was hurting and, and if I do something or if I do something the way someone uh, expects me to do but not quite the way then you know offense can really enter in because every one of us are imperfect people so this is part of my journey as a pastor and this is part of my story this is part of my testimony but, but it applies to your family. It applies to your church. It applies to your business. It applies to your relational network. It applies even to your city, to your community. I found that people would even get offended and leave the church that I was pastoring. Um, and, and they would even abandon what they even once called their church family. You know, I, I would think of it as like, well... Well, what was all this family talk about then? Because they get upset and they walk out and they basically divorce the church and they, they then begin to curse what they once called family. It happens in biological families too. You see how dangerous that is? And what's the instigator? Well, the, the, the instigator is really this thing that I call offense. Now, this is my story, and I don't take offense personal like I used to, but I'm just telling you guys, I used to. <laughs> I did. But God has set me free from a spirit of offense. Now, if I leg would legitimately sin against someone, that's a whole different set of circumstances, and that's really not what I'm preaching about today. But, but, but I have seen people pick up the most bizarre offenses for the strangest reasons, at least from my perspective. And, and so can I, can I share a few of you? Can I share some with you? These, these are real things that happened to me, my story. Uh, there's no way you would never know any of these people or circumstances or situations. They occurred when I was pastoring a large church 600 miles away from here. But these are some of the ones that I recall actually being verbalized back to me. And, uh, and these are real. Uh, the, someone was offended that, that one day I, I had my Bible and I, was, I, I had slid it across a couple of seats and, and, and they got offended. Uh, someone else got offended that I sent a staff member to a sex addiction counselor to get some professional help. Someone else was offended that I released a staff member for looking at porn on church computers. Someone else got offended that I stomped my foot when I was preaching one day when I got excited. Someone else got offended when I was sitting on a stool one day and I, my feet even did, didn't touch the ground when I was preaching. Someone else got offended because I was reading from a Bible app and not the pages. Someone else got offended because I privately told, they heard that I privately told a man he needed to quit beating up his wife because I noticed the bruises on her face that day. On multiple occasions, uh, people were offended that I privately told a man that he needed to honor his wife and quit thre threatening to divorce her. Uh, offended that I privately told a man that he needed to quit slipping around with the other women that are in the church. 
<laughs> Even if people offended that they thought I was frowning at them, and maybe that's what the guy thought at the intersection, and, and that I didn't look very pastoral, not realizing that sometimes it's just my annoying, sleepy, resting face. And I'm sorry, you know? Uh, offended that I bought a car. Offended, a favorite one of mine. Someone actually got very offended and let me know about it because they thought I bought a car, but my car was actually in the shop and I was borrowing my parents' car. That's too luxurious for a pastor. You know, someone was, was offended because they, they, they saw me renting videos from Blockbuster. Anyone remember Blockbuster? Yeah, they were offended that how dare you rent videos, not even realizing I was a children's pastor. I was renting this stuff called Veggie Tales, you know. And they came and looked at it. I was like, you want to see them? You know, there, another was offended that I didn't have immediate availability for a private meeting. Even funnier, that person who got offended that I wasn't immediately available for a private meeting, this is a retired person. And, uh, you know, usually when you're tired, you have a little more elbow room. Not necessarily, but, you know, you may have a little more elbow room. This person said, oh, so what I did is I, I tried thinking, you know what, I can, I can make this better. So this is back when I used to think you could fix a fence. And so what I did is I gave the person, no kidding, I gave them a 24-7, I'm telling 24 hours a day, schedule of mine. And said, well, you can meet anytime, anyplace. Come over to my house, I'll cook dinner for you. Well, but you, we'll meet, I don't care. I'm not too busy to meet with you, I just schedule tight. And, and I said, you can have your choice, pick day, night. You know, the only time you can't pick is when I'm preaching, okay? <laughs> That, that's it. And, and she just said, well, then that's it. That's the final straw. I'm leaving. It's the church. I'm like, this is, you tell this to your family. You know? She's dead now. I mean, no, that's, not, that's not. Oh, my goodness. Don't take that. Do not take that wrong. It has, her death has nothing to do with she's. She, I, I, I messed up. I, I, I got to watch what I say. All right. But her name was Betty. And, and Betty, Betty was the grumpiest grouch I ever knew. Uh, everyone was afraid of her. My kids were afraid of her. They would run, you know. She had this little uh, submissive husband, and she would say stuff, and he, I'd watch him jump all the time. And she, I'm so totally serious. I'm, the, list, the list could go on and on. But I'm telling you, the biggest and most often recurring offense is when someone gets offended because their friend was offended due to one of the silly things I just said. That, was, that would even hurt worse. It's like, how can you get offended that they're offended over what, over the nonsense? That's how it works. I began to realize that. It's kind of like a whole new level of offense. And then, you know, finally God helped me. He did to learn how to deal with, the, deal with and really process offense better than I learned than I did at first. Really, the truth is, God delivered me. God delivered me from that spirit of offense. But, but in my early days of pastoring, it really bugged me. In fact, I, I discovered offense kind of just like on this whole new level. And I'm not kidding here, but I was offended. Get this now. I was offended that they were offended and their friends were offended. And so now you have two people running around, all these people running around, all hurt, wounded and offended, and one was the pastor. It was me. I'm just telling you guys, transparently, that's a recipe for disaster. They were alleged victims of, of my misdeeds, whatever they were. It wasn't not talking sin again. It's just like whatever they, they didn't like. And, and then I became a, a victim of, of their, their gossip and their anger and retribution. And, and now you have two people who are victimized. And I'm a victim and you're a victim. And two offended people and, and a massive, massive problem on our hands. I, 
I finally realized that when I allowed me to get offended, that they were offended at me, <laughs> that I was actually hindering the work of the Holy Spirit in my home, in my life, and in my church. God could not do what God wanted to do in my church because of me, because I had a problem. That's real. See, it was my choice to get offended. And, and I, I don't use that choice lightly. That word choice is critical here. It was my choice to get offended. And my choice was messing up my ministry and it was messing up my life and was making me sick and, and unbearable to live with even at home. And it had to stop. See, I, I tried, but I couldn't fix them. But you see, with God's help, I could be fixed. <laughs> God delivered me from the spirit of offense. And, and then I established this high and lofty goal. My goal was to be unoffendable. And I still don't bat a thousand at that. But, but I'm telling you, it's where I want to be. And it's where I strive to be. So I'm challenging you to join me to be unoffendable. Because offense destroys your life. I want to warn you, though, in this message, you're going to be tempted to think of all the other people who need to be hearing what I'm saying, right? In fact, you've already done it. Just, just to see how you've already thought, well, well, if they could only hear this right now. Now, I'm just telling you, stop it. Don't do that. Instead, let God speak to you. I'm sharing God's word with you today, not that other person. You're like, well, they're right here. No, no, I'm talking to you, though. In fact... The person whom you really, really think needs to hear this might even be sitting next to you or might even be attending the next service. Do not send them a message to listen up. No elbowing allowed. Just look straight ahead, all right? And, and I'm, I'm going to challenge you to even say this with me so we can understand this the right way, that God is speaking to me today. All right, come on, say it with me. God is speaking to me today. Don't look at another person when you say it. Come on, look at it again. Say it out loud with me. God is speaking to me today. That's it. You see, because getting along with other people can be tough. There are different personalities. There are temperaments. People come from different backgrounds and different life experiences, and, and, and especially in a congregation like ours. But if we're going to live a life of victory and peace, we have to learn how to keep offense out of our homes, out of our lives, out of our relationships. I know some of you might say, well, Tim, you, you don't get it. You don't understand. I mean, I wouldn't get offended if my husband would just be more sensitive. <laughs> I wouldn't get offended at work if I had a better salary or people treated me more professional like the way I deserve to be treated. I wouldn't get offended at church if I could just sing or preach on the platform. <laughs> I, I wouldn't get offended with anyone if they would just communicate better. It's them. That's the problem, not me. And that's a problem right there. That attitude, because Jesus even said it. He said, a constant squabbling family disintegrates. I'll say it again. A constantly squabbling family disintegrates. And that can be seen by a logical family, church family, even a community. It's a spirit of offense can't just really come in when it wants. It can't just disintegrate families and relationships. No, we actually open the door to it unwittingly. And now I'm not saying that, that we can't have disagreements. Disagreements are normal. I mean, that's, that's, that's normal. That's good. But when, when, the squ when squabbling and offense becomes a part of you, that's a problem. 
One time about 15 years ago, I was greeting people during a meet and greet time in my, uh, the congregation I pastored. And, and there's one lady who said, Pastor, I'm offended at you. I'm like, okay, yeah, just, you know, get in line. And, and I, anyway, that's kind of what I was thinking, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to be nice. And, and, and she, then she says this line, which I, I hear a lot, I don't even understand, but, but she says, I thought you were different and you're not like, the, but I now see you're just like all the other pastors in the world. I'm like, and, and I, I just said, really? Well, I, and I said, well, I'm sorry about that, ma'am. And, and, uh, and usually, I mean, that's my answer. I'll just, you know, and then move on. I just, I'm sorry. But she insisted on going to more detail. So she did. She said, well, I'll just tell you what happened. She goes, last Sunday, when you finished speaking after the third service, you prayed the closing prayer, and then you walked off through the back door of the platform into the backstage area, and you disappeared, and you didn't make yourself available to us, the church. And so I recalled that service and went, oh, yeah, I, I, I did do that, that particular service. And I remember, and I said, and she said, well, you need to stop doing this. I said, well, I have this annoying bodily function. Sometimes I have to go to the restroom when I drink too much water. And trust me, you don't want me making myself available to you or anyone else because I had to go bad. <laughs> And I, and I just said, will you forgive me for having to use the restroom? And, and she said, I, I never remember this. And she just said, well, I guess. But, <sighs> but she said, in the future, could you not just communicate that to the whole congregation before you end the service? I, really? Really? Okay. I'm freaking out. I'm getting ready to preach in five minutes. And I was just I said, okay. I said, no, that, that, that's, that's weird. That's just really, really weird. You know, it's time for me to go now. Hey, listen, just because someone is not communicating with you the way you think they should be communicating with you is never a license to get offended. Be mature. Walk away. And, you know, even if you know you're right. But for the sake of peace, let it go. Refuse to get offended. And be unoffendable because offense destroys your life. It really does. In fact... You receive blessing when you bring peace into situations. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't say, blessed are the people who are right. And Jesus didn't say, blessed are the people who air their disagreements and get it all out. And Jesus never said, blessed are those who get offended and build a coalition of the offended. In fact, being right can actually make you miserable do you know you can prove your point, but if you're damaging and ruining relationships, what's the point? Now, Rebecca and I, we don't always agree. I know we, because one time we didn't, but we always, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, daily. We don't always agree. But here's one thing about, about our relationship. It, it's much better to have an atmosphere of fun and peace and affection and laughter and joy and love in our home than for me to always be right or her to always be right and to prove a point. You see, King David said it this way. He said, how wonderful and how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters get along. <laughs> I like this. He says, yes, that's where God commands the blessing. Look at that word, commands blessing. Where? Where people get along. He ordains eternal life. That, my friend, is huge. I want God to command blessing on Tim's life. I want God's blessing to be commanded and ordained for my church. I want God's blessing to be commanded upon my family. 
raising uh, constant disputes and getting offended is really just a display of what we call selfishness. It's about drawing attention to yourself, being argumentative and, and critical, and then being the victim again. And in reality... Selfishness is, I believe, the origin of offense. Uh, offense is really more about you than anyone else. Now, when I saw this selfishness in myself, I realized I had no choice but to find the delete button and get rid of that spirit of offense from my life. And then begin to do the opposite. Begin to honor people without merit. See, your offense is really not about them. It's not about what they did. It's about you. Stop trying to change the other person. One of the best things that I tell young couples getting married is don't try to change the other person constantly. <laughs> it's just work on yourself. Change yourself. And I say that to us as a whole here. Rise above how that other person is acting. And so just set the standard. Treat them with respect even though they don't deserve it. You don't have to come into agreement with what they're doing. Here's the truth. The more honor you pour into a relationship, the more that relationship will be blessed. Your home will be blessed if there's, if there's a lot of honor flowing around. Your business, you want it to be blessed? Practice honor with the people you work for or who work for you. Uh, if you want your city to be blessed, well, it happens when people, when we honor one another and we resist offense. And I declare City Life Church is blessed. And we will be blessed because we practice honor. We honor God and we honor one another around here. In fact, one of City Life's core values is, is, is critical to this. This is such an important part of us putting this church together. It's the value of what we call presence. And it says this. It says, we highly value the presence of God while striving to walk in unity and harmony with one another. It says, we know that without the presence of God, we're wasting our efforts. Therefore, what we do around this place is we call on the Holy Spirit to be present and active both in our lives and in our gatherings. We know that God blesses certain settings with his glory, which is what that scripture shared just a minute ago, you know? So what do we do? We choose to embrace one another. This is important to me. We celebrate diversity around here where people can belong regardless of their age, ethnicity, culture, or background. We honor one another without merit. You have nothing to prove. Choosing to believe the best about the other person. Being slow to speak, not spit, slow to speak. Don't ever say slow. Well, we want to be slow to spit, yes. Being slow to speak, quick to listen, and eager to serve. We choose to be united in our hearts and our spirits, assured that no force in hell can tear a unified body apart. We chose to stand with one another through both the joys and the sorrows of life, as well as through successes and failures. And I declare this over our church because this invites God's presence. This brings blessing to our church. This is about being unoffendable because the unoffendable walk in blessing. So I want you to begin to look for any lingering offense in your heart, and, and you're going to just drive it out today before you leave this place. And, and if you don't, your imagination will begin to expand, and <clears throat> it'll say, well, I've been hurt once before, and, and, and so I refuse to hurt 
get myself hurt again. So, so these thought processes begin to develop and they protect you. <clears throat> you begin to try to protect yourself from being hurt again. And then you begin to isolate yourself. And then what isolation does is, is that makes you think you're getting healed because you're isolating yourself. But it's a false healing because you block yourself off and you become a, a taker. You're totally selfish. You're, you're, you're making yourself more miserable in your darkness. You're all alone with your offended self. What happens when a believer even isolates themselves from the fellowship of other followers of Jesus? You don't get better. You get worse. I just want to tell you, I do have a few years of experience now. 30 years pastoring. 22 living in a pastor's home. Never in my life, never, have I seen a person back away from fellowship with other believers and isolate themselves and they get better? Never. Never. Now, if you know of one, let me know because I'd love to, you know, change that story. I want to tell the truth, but I've never seen it happen. Never. Never. Solomon said this. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. That, see, that, that goes back to selfishness. He rages against all wise judgment. The fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. I'm just going to tell you what I think. See? <laughs> so guys, I, what I want to do in my life is I want to uproot selfishness. I want to uproot offense, uh, you know, from my life. Because I, I don't, I don't want to be a fool. <laughs> I don't want God to say, you fool. <laughs> no, no. John says this, anyone who claims to be in the light, which means a Christian, but hates his Christian brother, is still in the darkness. Whoever hates his brothers in the darkness is actually walking around in the darkness. And when you do that, you're going to hurt yourself. I've tried that before. It says he doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. But here's the good news. There's hope for every single one of us. God gives us grace and he wants to reboot your life. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to restore joy. He wants you to have restore trust. He, he wants to give you new laughter and new peace because the unoffendable walk in blessing. Yeah. So when things don't go your way, you can just choose to smile and laugh it off and keep moving forward. And I'm asking you to, with me to choose to pursue unity by shedding offense. And, and, and God just might command blessing on your life, your home, your business, and definitely my church. You become a person of character. Solomon even said, he says, it's a mark of good character to avert quarrels. <clears throat> but fools love to pick fights. And as a pastor, you know, sometimes I get, I get uh, random emails from unknown people in the community, and this has happened for years, you know, ever since email came about. It used to be snail mail, and it's like unsigned letters. I, I finally, back in those old days, I would just tell my assistant, hey, if it's unsigned letter, just shred it. No, I don't want to see it, you know, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see it. But, but, uh, but you know, it, it's emails these days. People just trying to pick a fight. Well, the nice thing is, is, is uh, there's this delete button. It's like, wink, <laughs> delete the button, delete the offense. And I'm, no, no, I'm not going to quarrel, because yeah. I want to be a man of good character. And I've learned this lesson the hard way. That what the scriptures say is really true. You really can't help a person who's offended and who is bent on quarreling. And I've tried, I've expended so much energy in my early years of ministry trying to do that. And, and I've also had a 100% failure rate at it. At helping people, you know, whenever a person is relishing an offense, I, I fail every time in trying to help them. And that's when I finally started preaching through the Gospels and looking at the life of Jesus. And I thought, well, my model should be Jesus. He never, he never reached out to try to minister to the offended folks. Never. 
He let them be. He gave them space. He gave them quiet time. Let them be themselves. You know, you can fight. And you can be offended. And you can, you can, you can prove your point. And you can win a squabble. squabble but, but, but what are you winning, really? You're not winning anything. You lose your relationships and your influence and your credibility. And life is too short to be selfish and offended. And life is too short to be a victim. Because the unoffendable walk in blessing. Victimization looks for the little things to set yourself off. And that's why we need God's help, God's love, God's deliverance. And there is hope. So I want to encourage you to do this. Embrace dignity. I want you to be dignified. Dignity overlooks the offense. Dignity chooses. I'm going to believe the best in spite of what I might even feel emotionally right now about that other person. Now I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 in your Bibles. Um, See, I've taken this passage, which is well known, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, known as the love chapter, and I have inverted it. I'm going to show you how offense is the opposite of everything God stands for and everything that love stands for. Can I use that scripture as your template? Here's the inversion. Offense is impatient. It isn't kind. Offense envies. It boasts and it's proud. Offense dishonors others and it's self-seeking. Offense is easily, easily angered and it keeps a record of wrongs. Offense delights in evil and will not even rejoice with the truth. Offense doesn't protect others. Offense doesn't trust others. Offense does not hold out hope. Offense does not persevere with others. That's true, isn't it? And you realize that is actually the inversion of everything of God's kingdom. That's when it gets crazy. See, offense really means that you just need an infusion of the opposite, which is the love of God. What's love? Well, it's definitely the opposite of offense. Look at verse 4 again. Love. This is love. This is a copy of the love of God. God gives to us and we give to others. It's patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes and it always perseveres. the, The simple foundational cure for offense is wrapped up in one word, and that word is love. That's the love of Christ. It is the miracle cure for offense. Love. I mean, can you look at the other person who offended you square in the eye, and can you tell them, I love you? See, the Holy Spirit in you, though, can make that possible. You say, I can't. Well, that's, that's the point. We can't. God in us does that, and that's how he sets us free. Activating the miracle cure is this simple, and this is something I encourage you just to take a screenshot of, or however you do that, take a picture of that. Here it is. First of all, is receive God's perfect love. Receive it. These are the things I teach you here all the time. Then let God's love flow out of you. Correct your actions according to 1 Corinthians 13 as you let love flow out of you. Release forgiveness, even if they don't deserve it, because you didn't deserve it when you forgiveness for your sin. Smile and let the poison go. Sometimes you just got to smile. And remain in the grace of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, 
the grace of Jesus. And he'll carry you. And you need grace. And you need love. And I do too. And know this, Jesus is not going to give up on you no matter what. And his Holy Spirit is here right now to deliver you from a spirit of offense. And the Holy Spirit is here to fill you with power and love and fresh new discipline. God is here to bless you because the unoffendable walk in blessing. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray all across this room. Let's pray. God, I pray right now that a spirit of offense will be broken in lives. In fact, you may even want to just say, spirit of offense, get out of my life. If you need to say that, just say, in Jesus' name, spirit of offense, get out of my life. Come on. In Jesus' name, spirit of offense, get out of my life. You have no business here anymore. And Lord, right now, we just invite the spirit of love and unity to overwhelm us. Overwhelm us. Overwhelm us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And my home is something that uh, my wife posted on the refrigerator. And it's, it's this right here. I, I put this out on my social media today so you can see it. And if you want to copy it for yourself, do it. Because it's the scriptures. that I no copyright on it. But this is a declaration of how the Woody household is a home of love based on 1 Corinthians because we are not going to let offense come into our home. And if it starts, we, we, it's like, stop it. That's offense. That'll, that'll destroy it. I even told my, I've even told my family, if we, we let offense in and, and cause offense within our family, then forget the church. You know? Because what happens to us flows out to everyone. It's just, that's not good. We're not going to do the offense thing. So that's why we say, you know, we are patient with each other. We're kind to each other. We don't envy. We don't boast. We're not proud. We don't even dishonor each other. And we we, we live by these, and we're reminded of them because we also know that only the Spirit of God can make that happen. So we constantly keep inviting that. You can do that for yourself. You can do it for your family. My goodness, you can even do it for your business or your community. That's the power of God. I'd like for there to be no movement at this time, and I would really like for you to just close your eyes and focus internally. Maybe you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life completely to Jesus or possibly you've drifted <clears throat> from God and your relationship with him and you want to know this Jesus we've talked about. Well, I'm, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you'd like to be included in my closing prayer, <laughs> surrender your life completely to Jesus. I'm simply going to ask you to do one thing is to raise your hand at the count of three so I can connect my faith with yours and we'll pray need Jesus today. Just lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it up so I can see it. Lift it up so I can see your hand today. Thank you. Here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for everyone to stand. Please stand with me. If you lifted your hand, I want you along with everyone else in this room, every believer in this room to pray these words with me, please. Will you please pray them? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Forgive my sins. It's time for me to live. So I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media.
our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way.